welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Elevate with Erica podcast. I'm your host, Erica. My mission is to connect with you through our stories and in that process, spread inspiration for you to go do amazing things with your life. I had crushed that this is the way to the perfect job, marriage, and kids checklist and was left unhappy, stressed, living paycheck to paycheck, and unfulfilled. I knew there had to be more to life than wishing away the week until Friday, and so I found that proof. And that's what I'm here to do for you and with you. Are you ready to create a life that gets you excited? Then elevate with Erica. Grab a bottle and get comfy, friends. It's time for some unfiltered advice. I have to tell you guys about a new meat delivery subscription service I'm using. ButcherBox delivers high quality meat you can trust right to your front door. I'm talking free range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, 100% grass fed and grass finished beef and wild caught seafood. So you can feel good about what you're eating, but also the taste and the quality are amazing. Free bacon, you guys. Yes, free bacon and free bacon for life. Did you hear me? That is ButcherBox's latest promotion beginning on June 14th for a limited time only. Place your order using my link in the show notes and get free bacon for life in all of your future shipments. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elevate with Erica. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in and come hang out with me today. I'm going to share a bit of a scary experience that I had at the beginning of this week. If you follow me on social media, then you probably did see it in my Instagram stories where I talked a little bit about it. But I want to go into more detail of it today and just tell you some of the takeaways I have from the experience because yes, I believe that we can grow through anything that we go through, even when it doesn't make sense right in that moment. Um, So on Monday, I was getting my boys back from their dad. You guys know that I co-parent my children. We split custody right down the middle. And so they had their weekend with him. I was getting them back on Monday. Um, First of all, a little later than I normally do, right? So that's already, and I point, I'm going to be pointing out a lot of different details as I tell this story that you may be like, why is she, why is she telling me that? But hang in there because it really all put me where I ended up that day. And so I picked up my boys um, about a half an hour or so later than I normally do um, at a totally different location than me and their father normally meet because my oldest son had an orthodontist appointment that day. And I was also running late. Because I live um, just outside of a very heavily populated tourist beach town and people like to do their long, long weekends here. And so they don't head home till Monday and the traffic coming from that beach town um, towards the location I was meeting their dad was just horrendous that day. I got every stoplight that I possibly could in addition to that. So I was about seven minutes behind schedule, okay? So then I get there to the location that I'm meeting their dad, and I have some, I mean, this is a little bit irrelevant, but just to tell you all of the facts, I had some dog food and dog treats from my parents um, as they um, unfortunately lost their dog not long ago, and we were going to give those items to my ex-husband as he has um, a couple dogs. So as my oldest son is getting into my truck 
and I'm running late, right? You guys, moms, I know you can feel me in this moment. We're a little agitated and I'm like already running late. It's no one else's fault but my own. Um, And I'm like, Aaron, can you get the dog food out of the back of the truck and give it to your dad? And so he goes to the back of the truck and I'm watching him in my rearview mirror and he cannot get the truck open. You guys, like it just opens like a normal, like a normal tailgate. Okay. It just, it just like, it was frustrating. I'm already running late. You feel me, mamas. Right. So I see him like throw his hands up, tummy in the wind, in the rearview mirror that he cannot open it. And so anyway, so I, I'm like, right. And do my seatbelt, get out. By the time I walk and I'm standing right next to them, he just opens it as he should have been able to the entire time. Anyway, he gets out the dog food, um, gives it to his dad, hops in the truck. And as we're leaving the parking lot to get back out onto the main highway, there is a traffic circle um, that we come to first. There's a traffic circle to get out of the gas station. And you guys, you know what? I get really frustrated when people don't know how to use both four-way stops, you know, where everybody has a stop sign, and also traffic circles. My goodness. Um, And then I, you know, another thing I don't like is when people try to be polite in those already confusing moments, right? Like, when we come to a four-way stop, everybody has a stop sign. Can we just recognize that, like, whoever was there first, they go, you know what I mean? Um, and not try to be polite in that moment and let other people go out before, even though you know you were there before them, right? Because then you just confuse up the whole thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and then in traffic circles, there is never a reason to stop while you're within the circle, okay? <sighs> Normally, though, guys, I literally just, you know, I mutter all this under my breath. I'm actually not a, um, I don't get like road rage my husband would probably not like me saying this, but he does. Like, he will literally just yell at people the entire time he's driving. Um, and me, I'm just more like, what is wrong with this dude? You know? <sighs> but I usually just take a deep breath, mutter it under my breath, remind myself to be patient. I'm not in a hurry. You know, I go through all those things, calm myself down. But like I said, this morning, I'm running late, right? And I got to get my son to his appointment. And so, this guy, this truck is in the traffic circle. He's coming around towards me. Now, if all was going as it should, he'd just keep rolling around the circle. He had one more car behind him. I would just get behind those two when it was my turn, right? No. He looks like he almost comes to a complete stop. And I was in such a, in a hurry in that moment that at first I'm thinking, oh my gosh, why is he going so slow around this circle? But then looking back, I realized, like, the more I look back, the more I realized, like, he was letting me in. One of those annoying things, guys. Like, just go. Um, So anyway, so I jump out in front of him, get around the traffic circle to the traffic light that's going to take me out onto the major highway. So we're sitting at this traffic light, and um, there's two lanes that are going to be able to go when the light changes to green. So in the lane next to me, you know, there's other cars waiting. And I don't know what made me look over. I would normally not do this. Um, but I just happened to look over and it almost looked like a police symbol on the vehicle. And that always kind of catches my eye because my husband's um, law enforcement. And I don't know, I just like kind of leaned up like, oh, is that a police officer? And then I was like, oh, no, it said animal control. 
And then I looked at the driver and it's, you know, it looked like a girl in her 20s, a woman in her 20s. And I don't know, I just looked at her, processed that, eyes back to the eyes back to the light waiting for it to change green, right? Light changes green. We make a left out onto the major highway. Um, it's um, a four lane highway, like with a median through the center, right? So we make the left out onto the highway. It's two lanes of traffic going in the direction I'm headed. And we get to the next traffic light. There is a lot of lights on this stretch of highway. So we get to the next major traffic light. And I'm about um, maybe five, four or five cars back from the, from the actual red light. Two lanes of us sitting there waiting for that light to turn green. What's funny about this part of the story, or not funny, but just, I don't know the word. It's never quiet in my car when my kids are in there. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you parents can relate, right? Like, you know, one of my boys is talking, especially if you have more than one child. One of my kids is talking or they're talking to each other or they're arguing with each other. We're talking about something. Um, I had just gotten them back from their dad, you know, thinking on it now. Like all of this stuff is still coming to me. Thinking on it now, I was probably asking them how their weekend was, what they did and so forth. And all of a sudden... We hear, and I talked about this in my Instagram stories, I hate just telling you that I heard boom, 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 because it doesn't fully capture the sound. I can't make the sound that it made. It was the most horrific sound that I have ever heard outside of watching like an action movie in a movie theater. Like it was incredibly loud and horrific. And it was six distinct booms. I remember the six. I subconsciously was counting the booms. But looking back, I can remember it. And boom, 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 six of them. And as it's coming about midway through, I hear this sound and I put both hands on my steering wheel, which by the way, call me what you will, but I don't normally drive with both hands on the steering wheel. Normally I'm like a one-hander, laid back, you know what I mean? Not laid back, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. I'm not normally like the 10 and 2 driver is what I'm trying to say, but I heard those booms and I put my hands on 10 and 2 and I gripped that steering wheel so hard because that sound just made you do it. It was like your reaction to just, oh my God, hold on. I could tell it was coming from behind me. Then I processed, okay, the sound is coming from behind me. Something is coming. I don't know what it is, but I'm holding on. Next, I turn my head around to the right towards the back seat because Hunter is there. So after I process something's coming from behind us, I'm looking at Hunter. And as I see him sitting in his seat, because he sits directly behind the front passenger seat, my oldest son's in the front passenger seat. My youngest son sits directly behind him in the in, in the back passenger seat. And as I'm looking around at Hunter, I see that he's okay. As I'm looking at him, though, you know how like the back when I have a pickup truck, guys. And so the back window is just, you know, completely open there. So when I'm looking at Hunter, I can see above his headrest, above his head, I can see what's going on. And it was just horrific, if not more than the way it sounded. There is a dump truck, huge guys, dump truck 
that that stretch of highway is 55 mile per hour. That drum, dump truck never stopped. Never stopped at all of us sitting at this stoplight. Okay, so he is flying into all of these cars going every bit of 50 to 60 miles per hour. I'm telling you, those impacts were not stopping that truck. And when you think about how much they probably weigh, it's, you know, no wonder. And I can see him continue smashing into the remainder of the cars. Like I said, it was a, it was a total of six that I heard. Um, you can see the cars just, I could see the cars like pancaking, literally like crumbling. I've never even, I didn't even know cars just crumble. Like you realize how fragile vehicles are when it's like, what are, what is a dump truck? Like 26,000 pounds or something? Da, da, da. Yeah. I just Googled it. Yes. Okay. So the average dump truck weight is 26,000 pounds. You would not believe the way that a car can smash. And the sound that it makes. And then in addition to that, because of the impact and his rate of speed, there is literally car parts flying into the air. And I, this is very close to me, you guys. This is just, at that point, when I'm looking over Hunter's head, he's maybe only four car lengths, four or five car lengths behind me. And he is coming. So he was kind of hitting like, more on the right lane of traffic, but still very much in the center as well. Okay. And in that moment, I turn back towards my windshield, turn turn back towards the way I was going. And I'm thinking, how can I get away from this? Because he's coming for us. And in my mind, specifically, he's coming for Hunter because he was going to hit Hunter first before any of us, right? Hunter was going to get the brunt of the impact. And I'm thinking I got to get out of here because I can see what's happening to the other cars. And guys, like all of these thoughts are running through my head literally in a matter of like half a second. Like this is all happening so fast and it is so loud because while I'm thinking this, he's still smashing into other cars. And so I'm already looking to the left of me and I can see that no one is in the turn lane over there and there's some grass. I'm thinking I'm going to turn my steering wheel to the left. Thankfully, I wasn't like, butted up to the car in front of me at the stoplight where I could turn my steering wheel to the left and I could get out on that grass. And so as I'm turning my steering wheel all the way to the left, because I can't really go forward much with more traffic stopped in front of me, I look back one more time above Hunter's head just to see how close that dump truck is to us um, and make sure, can can I get away? You know, you're kind of questioning yourself. Should I do this? Um, And as I turn around and look, for whatever reason, at this point, the dump truck is about two car. It's not about. It's two car lengths behind me is where he finally stopped. Hitting everyone. He had turned his steering wheel. As soon as I turned around and looked one last time, he turned his steering wheel to the right and went into the ditch, off into the ditch, slammed into the ditch. I mean, he was still going fast. I still don't know what happened, guys. I don't know if he had some kind of medical emergency, if the truck wouldn't break. I have no idea. But he took that steering wheel and he yanked it to the right and slammed into the ditch. And I look at the cars around me. It's like you're kind of in shock and you just start, like you stop hearing anything. Because you're too busy taking in everything. 
You know, you're so busy seeing that you can't hear. I don't know how to describe it. But it's like my sight was so overwhelmed that my hearing was not working. I was looking at the damage that had been done. I was looking at the vehicles that were smashed. I was seeing the smoke fill the air. I was seeing the car parts. I was looking at the faces of the drivers in the vehicles around me that were also spared. And their faces were terrified. And I'm sure I looked the same. It was horrific. And immediately, and I'm so proud of him for saying this, but my oldest son said, mom, we have to go help. And like, I can't even speak yet at this point, right? And my oldest son, 11 years old, almost 12 next month is saying, mom, we have to go help. Like that was his instinct. And um, I love him for that. And I had to make a decision then though, because I have my eight-year-old in the back seat. We're still very much on a busy busy highway. Um, I didn't know what traffic was going to keep going. I didn't know where was a safe place to pull my truck off. I didn't know if it was safe to leave my eight-year-old in the vehicle. I didn't know if it was safe to be even near like this dump truck or these cars that had been smashed. I didn't know if fire was going to break out. I, I just, it didn't feel right, like the right thing to do as a mom with two children in her car to get out, um, to stop there and get out. And in that same breath, I will say that I did look back after my oldest said that, and there was people jumping out of their cars going to help all of those in need. And so I thought, okay, well, what can I contribute to this moment? I can't just drive away from this. What can I contribute in this moment? And guys, again, this is just seconds. This is all happening in seconds. Um, I picked up my phone. I called 911. And I've honestly never done that. I'm fortunate enough to have never needed to call 911 until that moment. But that was what popped in my head. I called 911. And I was incredibly strong um, and calm in telling them what happened. Looking back, I don't know how I was so calm. I almost felt like like it was almost like robotic. I told them exactly what happened and where exactly we were. I was able to describe everything in great detail. I got off the phone and my son said, Mom, I don't know how you just talked like that. And I was like, I don't either. It was like something came over me um, because it was a horrifying moment. And as we started to drive off, we were all just kind of still speechless, to be quite honest. And, you know, we were very much reminded how fragile life is how fragile we as human beings are. And we were so worried about those people. So consumed with worry about those people. Um, And just in disbelief that that dump truck just pulled off to the right like that. I mean, just thinking about it is just so heavy for me still. And you know, A lot happened that wouldn't normally happen that day to put me where I was in that moment, you know. Um, 
And I think about all those things. Those are the reasons why I shared all those details in the beginning. And I think about what made me look at that animal control officer. Uh, What drew my attention to her? She did end up being in the accident, and I do not know what happened with her. Um, I did hear that the vehicle that was first hit, um, she was a 63, is a 63 year old woman who is now paralyzed from the chest down. Um, she had to be cut from the vehicle. So I know that there was some, um, serious injuries and I, and I, and I knew that I knew that there had to be, I I know. Seeing the wreckage, I knew that. Um, And there was so much that happened that day to put me that close to that happening. To put me that close to something happening to me or my kids. And I tried to find the reason behind that, you know? Why them, not me? Why that man let me in front of him in a traffic circle that put me two car places? Exactly two in front of where I would have been. And remember what I said was going on two car lengths behind me. Going that direction in the first place isn't something I would normally do, right? Only because my son had an appointment that he has maybe once, maybe twice a year. Getting caught in all that traffic. Hitting every stoplight and running late. Reminding my son to give his dad something from the back of my truck. Someone letting me in in a traffic circle. All those minutes, each of those things put me exactly where I was in that terrifying moment. And what made the dump truck driver, after slamming into six to seven cars, finally pull his wheel to the right before he got to us? I don't know. But from an experience that scared both me and my boys, I'm choosing to be open to there being lessons in that. First, Maybe my part was just to be able to call 911 and calmly explain where and what happened as fast as I did so that everyone else could run out and physically help. I felt some guilt for not getting out to help, but in the moment it didn't feel safe to leave my eight-year-old in the car on the side of a busy highway with all this wreckage, and I knew so many people were already running to help. I felt like I did the best that I could in that moment with my kids in tow. But I'm choosing to see that everything that happens happens for a reason if we choose to see it that way. Myself and my boys were shown that day just how much can change in an instant. And we saw how we were seconds away from a totally different outcome. And for the rest of the day, my youngest just kept saying, Mom, I'm just so glad I'm not in a hospital right now. And each thing that would happen or come up the rest of the day, we would say, let's just go for it because at least we aren't in a hospital right now. And while I was putting on a brave face for them, my heart was aching for those people that were injured that day and that I just continued to say prayers for them. You know, I can't dwell on why them. I don't know why bad things happen, but I can accept and see where my family can grab onto the lessons in the experience. And grow through what we go through. We got a brand new gratitude for life that day. We got a brand new appreciation for doing things together and unplugging from all of our devices. We had many moments of silence too, though. And then we would all just do like this big sigh of relief. 
each of us just reliving what we had been through at different times and feeling that gratitude again. I can honestly tell you while it was terrifying, maybe God or whoever, whatever you believe in, knew I needed to be reminded of what's important and to slow down, to take a breath and to just breathe slower. I am often so consumed by what I need to do to keep growing my business. How can I see success faster? What can I do to be better? How can I do things differently? What is someone else doing that I'm not doing? Why didn't this idea work? And I'm... I'm often so stressed over the income I'm bringing in for my family each month, not burdening my husband with my desire to build my own business, not forgetting to carve out time for my kids and my husband in the process. If I didn't have my kids, my husband, or my mom, I'm pretty sure that I would work around the clock and just fall asleep in my laptop every day, guys. It's just my mentality. I'm always looking to be better, to do better, to grow faster, to see success, and then better success, and then better, and so forth. And while I love the part about me that refuses to settle for good, I'm grateful to have a family that also keeps me grounded and reminds me what's really important. It's kind of like, do you ever get so lost in all the to-dos around your house, you forget that playing that board game with your kids is more important than washing the dishes or than folding laundry? Because it really is. And I know so many of us, I was included in this, are so bothered by like the sink full of dishes, but yet we're not bothered by telling our kids no for the 10th time when they ask us to play a game. No, mommy has to wash the dishes. No, mommy has to do laundry. No, mommy has to cook dinner. No, mommy has to clean the toilets. Like, yes, those things need to be done. And sometimes we will have to say no to our kids. But watch how often you're doing this because you're showing your kids what's important. They need you. I can't believe I just said that, honestly, because I was totally the person that couldn't go to bed with a sink full of dishes, and my husband could with zero problem. I didn't want to wake up to the mess, honestly, but now what bothers me more than waking up to that mess is getting to the end of the day and realizing I didn't schedule in any downtime to really be with my family. I let the to-dos consume me. So this terrifying experience I went through, it shook me. It shook me out of being so consumed by to-dos. And don't get me wrong, I'll always be the to-do list girl. You have to schedule your day to get the most out of your day. And if you don't schedule your day, someone else will do that for you. But I'm taking more defined downtime. I'm scheduling in downtime with my family, just like I schedule in work and laundry. Because they are not just as important. They are more important, right? I'm reminding myself not to stress over things I cannot change or control. Stop stressing over if I'm making enough money, if I'm doing enough, and put that energy into staying consistent into what I said I was going to do and seeing the time and the effort I've put into where I am today. Recognizing that the me three years ago would be so proud of who I am today and what I did to get here. And she'd probably smack my ass and tell me to keep kicking ass, sister. Get out of your head and into your life. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm passing along to you. Look at all we've been given to worry over these past couple years. My gosh, it's like a buffet of emotions to worry, of options to worry over and different emotions to feel. I don't watch the news, not because I'm pretending like nothing bad is happening, but because I control what opinions and energies I allow into my life. It is up to me. 
I know what's happening in this world around me. I, I know how I can help and contribute. I don't need anyone else's political opinion. I don't need someone telling me what's important and how I should feel in order to make my impact on this world. Stop stressing over shit you're not doing anything about. Get out of your head and into your life. What about what's going on right in your home or within your close circle of family and friends? How can we start to be there for one another a little better in times when mental health is just not so good? People are struggling, most in silence. How can we be better humans and be there for our people? If everyone thought that way, do you know the impact? Do you see the impact? And how can you make an impact with those close to you? Can you be a better you to you? Yes. But can you be a better friend, a better spouse, better parent, a better son or daughter? That's what we need to plug into. We need one another, especially right now. We're out here stressing over things that haven't even happened yet in a lot of cases, right? I'm sure you guys have heard the talks of recession and prices continuing to soar and we're just stressing out, not doing anything about it, but we're stressed, right? It's the topic of conversation everywhere you go. How much gas you just paid to get to that location. How much groceries you just bought for your family for the week. For what? Unless you're going to do something about it. Start researching ways to earn residual income for you and your family. Side jobs, ways to make extra income online. The resources are there. But unless you're going to do something about it, focus on what you have now. Unplug from the stress and plug into your life. Put your energy there. These are the things I've been telling myself since we had that experience on Monday. I thought the worst. I did maybe selfishly think about myself too. (laughs) I thought about how glad I am that I'm pursuing big scary dreams and not sitting in a job I wasn't happy in anymore because having pursued this is one of the greatest joys of my life, honey. Even if I'm not where I want to be. If something happens to me, know I was doing what I love. But I also thought about if something had happened to Hunter in the back seat, or both my boys, because that dump truck was on their side. Or if they had lost me and just been in there scared. I thought about all the different ways in which our lives could have changed, and I had to check myself. Because I haven't been focusing on what's important. I haven't been putting my energy in the right places. I have gotten caught up in how slow business has been as everyone is putting their self-care on the back burner, hanging on to their money or spending it on unhealthy ways to cope with the world around them. I've been frustrated and wondering if I'm not doing enough and then doing more and more and more and taking time away from my own mental health and time away from my own family. And guess what? All that stress and worry and overdoing didn't change a damn thing. Because I can't control other people. I can only do what I do, fulfill what I know my purpose on this earth is to do, and the rest is not my burden to carry. And the energy I've spent carrying it, I'd rather be spending on pouring into my life with my husband and my kids. Be present and where you are and control what you can, Erica. That's what I've been repeating to myself this week as I break out of bad mental habits, self-sabotaging ways of thinking that I had fallen into, My friend Jenny sent me a video this morning, and it relates to the lessons I've taken from Monday. Your delay is not your denial. Your delay is not your denial. 
That's what I personally needed to be shaken from. And while I could do a whole other episode on this and probably will, it truly was one of the things I needed to open my eyes to and one of the things that this horrible experience did for me. Like I said, I always want to be better. I always want to do better. I'm also a very competitive person. I mean, my mom's a whole other level of competitive, (laughs) but she's definitely where I got it from. When things are going, when things are not going for me as well as I wish that they were, or as good as they are for someone else, I turn inward. I think the answer lies in me, just not being good enough, not doing enough. And well, hey, lay, listen, hey, listen, sometimes, sometimes that's the answer, right? Sometimes I'm, I've not been spending my time wisely, right? I'm not putting systems in place to work more efficiently. And there is areas that I need to work on. But most of the time, it's just recognizing that my delay is not my denial. The pace of the growth in my business does not mean I'm not on the right path. It just means it's not my time yet. Maybe I'm not who I need to be to see that level of success yet. Maybe I don't have the team. Maybe I haven't met the people that are supposed to go to the top with me yet. The delay in the success I desire does not mean I won't have it. So I can stop stressing over that. And put that energy into what really matters. And on that day, I was reminded what really matters. Take a deep breath. Breathe slower. Be present. And do what you are put here to do and you will end up where you are meant to be. Right now, maybe my impact is just meant to be in sharing my journey and inspiring others not to quit on whatever their dreams and goals are because I'm not. And one day I'll get to show those people what happens when you don't. Embracing the delay, embracing being in the moment, embracing what really matters, embracing what I can control, embracing all the beautiful life happening around me. That's what I've been learning to do this week. Retraining my mind to embrace those things, eliminating bad habits that were not serving me or what really matters in my life. It takes time to change our thoughts and our actions, but recognizing that things need to change is step one. And that's what I'm grateful to have recognized this week. Because if I had to lose one or both of my kids this week, or have them injured or paralyzed or anything, you know, anything could have happened. If I had had to face that, the one thing I would have wanted back was time. Time really appreciating and embracing how perfect our life is right now instead of only seeing what's not going the way I want it to yet. All right, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Let's raise our glasses for a cheers, shall we? Cheers to being right here together today, to being present in this moment with me, connecting through our experiences and elevating your life with me, to letting go of stressing over things we cannot change or control, over a future we cannot see, over places we'd rather be, over the pace in which we are reaching our goals, and instead putting that energy into celebrating the life that we have right now. Life can change in an instant. Get out of your head and into your life. Until next episode, friends. E.